This is Brian. And I'm John. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week, and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. So, John, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's, uh, it is a Friday. We pushed our recording back a day. Yep. First time recording right next to the weekend. Feels a bit looser. It feels free. It feels like it's going to be more flowing. Yeah. Do you have a drink or a beer or anything? I don't. For This is the first time I'm recording and I don't have any kind of... I'm drinking water. And it's a Friday too. That's why I was, I was actually getting ready to text you. I was getting ready to say, you better have a beer. I don't. I don't even I don't have any oh. in the house. Oh. Uh, what I'll, be, I'll, be over, I'll be over shortly. No, yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to lately? Well, I actually, um, funny enough, I, maybe I was inspired by one of our earlier episodes, but I picked up a side hustle. I'm actually uh, nice. I'm picking up a couple hours at a local local brewery, so I am a beer tender, as we call ourselves. So excited about that! It's been a lot of fun. I got to interact with some customers, albeit in a socially distant environment. So I feel good. Yeah. So I feel like I could do that kind of a gig. That sounds like it would be fun. I, I haven't worked any kind of retail-esque job since I was a teenager, but it, it sounds like it can be a relaxing, if it's yeah. the right crowd, it sounds like it can be a relaxing thing. Yes, so far it has been, and despite the uh, the obvious, we'll call them early hiccups, the most recent mistake was not printing out uh, a food ticket, which I, I was so disappointed because you can mess up a beer, I'll pour you another one, but you mess with people's food, and that's the whole other story. So I was, I was a little disappointed in myself, but you live and you learn, right? Yep, indeed. Well, I have been doing something lately that I, I haven't actually done since we started all of this, but uh, listening to some other podcasts, kind of understand where the, the podcast market is, and I've, I've come up with three things that I realized we're doing wrong. <laughs> First, we're not British enough, and it sounds like everybody else in this space is pretty British. So, can you fake a British accent? How are you at? How are you at? So accents? it's it's funny that you actually bring up accents because as we're recording this right now, one of the uh, more interesting watches that we've been enjoying is Mayor of Easttown. For any listeners out there, uh, if you haven't picked up, I'm from the Philadelphia area. We'll put it that way. And Mayor of Easttown is centered in Delaware County. It's a British person doing a Delco accent. So you're about to ask a, ah. a Delco person to do a British accent, and I'm not sure I feel comfortable with that. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to have some more beers in you, and we'll try that one. We'll, we'll try it. Yeah, you know what? It is Friday, so who knows? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Number two, we uh, we need to get guest speakers on here. We need to interview yeah. people. That's that's the ticket. I got, I got yeah. nobody. And third, and, and I, I don't know about this one, I feel like after listening to some other podcasts out there, we're, we're not doing anything to combat evil. I know that sounds strange, but it, it seems like a lot of other podcasts in this space are all about making the world a better place and fighting injustice. And uh, we're, we're kind of here making, hopefully, making people's lives a little bit better by getting some more balance to them. But I, I don't know that we're doing the the whole fight against evil and are we not lofty enough <laughs> i was gonna say i don't know if it's some type of moral crusade that we're taking but if we can make uh, a difference in one person's life then maybe it'll have that butterfly effect but i'm sure that's 
totally wishful thinking on my part. So <laughs> excuse my lofty ambitions, right? Uh, we'll start small. We'll start small yeah. and see where we go. Unfortunately, on that topic, uh, this is going to be one of what I would consider, uh, I guess, a small topic in and of itself. But I think it does have really big repercussions in terms of not only how we, we see ourselves and how we value ourselves and our time. Let's talk about one of my least favorite nonsensical workplace flexes. Every year, and in virtually every company, employees are competing for this least personal time taken award. Joe in accounting only took a fraction of his. Hey, that's the breaks for being the most productive member of his team. And then there's Jane in project management, who didn't take any time last year. If she's not around, things just don't get done. And then there's Jim, the veteran engineer who admits, grudgingly, that while he did have to take a couple days off after the birth of his kid, you bet he was back into work the following Monday. And I have to ask, why are we proud of this? Overextending ourselves at the office to the detriment of our families and ourselves should be a point of shame. It isn't healthy, and it isn't sustainable. Sooner or later, Joe, Jane, and Jim are all going to burn themselves out. And for what? That weird flex award that they think they won only exists in their mind. There will always be more work tomorrow, no matter how much you overload yourself today. So how do we get out of this mindset that encourages us to work ourselves to the exclusion of everything else in our lives? So I mentioned some fictional people in the intro, and they're not really made-up stories. These are people that I've worked with and have known. And I think the most pronounced and, and where I really started seeing that some people had a, I don't want to call it a warped sense of perception, but definitely different than I had, was my first year out of college. I had this coworker who was about to have his first child, and he was excited, man. He was all about it. He was talking to a group of us about taking a few weeks off so he could help take care of things around the house while his wife recovered. A lot of us were really excited for him as well, but there was this other coworker who was listening in on this conversation, and he comes over as his you know thumbs tucked in his belt and puffs out his chest and says, <laughs> "Man, when my son was born on a Thursday, I was back at my desk on the next Monday, and I remember he had this smirk on his face. Like, we should all be impressed that he's basically abandoning his newly formed family. And I was just thinking, why would you be proud of missing out on this critical first few days of your kid's existence? But other people who had been in the office for years were kind of nodding in approval of him, and it just really struck me as odd. To me, it is a very old school mindset, and I just feel like I don't want to use the word toxic, but it's just not a healthy mindset to really have. Like you said, it's you're there for the first couple days of your child's existence, and it's not going to be the kid who remembers. It's going to be your wife, and at the end of the day, your kid's going to go and do his own thing, but your wife is going to be the one who remembers where you were. So that story that you share, as proud as that coworker is, I understand why some people would nod in approval because that's how we think, but I don't think that is entirely healthy to be proud of the fact that 
you missed your your child's first couple important moments, I guess. Yeah, and right. Not even when my kid was born, but when we found out that my wife was pregnant. I was actually on a business trip. I was I was to the beautiful and mysterious city of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, not not the most exciting city in the U.S., but there I was in Cleveland about nine at night when I called just to say, you know, hey, how are you? What's going on in your day? And she didn't tell me. Um, she sounded kind of guarded on the phone. And in retrospect, I guess I should have known something was up. But she didn't want to tell me while I wasn't there in person. And after I did find out when I got home, I remember thinking, man, I, you know, I wish I had been there with her when she found out. And I wasn't. I don't hold that against myself, but I definitely didn't want to miss any other real big key milestone moments either. So two things I do want to say in response to that. One, I'm sorry to any of our listeners from Cleveland. I hear nothing but great things. You're wonderful so. people. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, people actually were very nice. Everybody was really nice. It's just they all go to bed at about 10 o'clock. And it, it was just really <laughs> strange to me. I, I don't know. Maybe I was there on an off night. I don't know. Sure, sure. It was but a clean city. Well, that, that that's good. Um, but the second thing being, you are so much more patient or maybe less petulant than I am. I would be chomping at the bit to keep pecking away be like what's bothering you what's bothering you tell me tell me I, my fiance and i just had a conversation as far as how impatient i am so good on you to at least wait till be there in person that i'm sure that was a very special moment it was and i don't know what i would have done if she did tell me over the phone i feel like i would have wanted to just get on a plane and come home but <laughs> so yep exactly exactly so i i need to learn patience back to the the topic at hand i feel like a lot of people just don't value it's not just that they don't value vacation time it's that they actively view it as a, a badge of honor that they're not taking the vacation time that they're owed that they earned and that was just one story from my life but how anecdotal is this and let's look at some of the numbers that we see around vacation time and, and what people are and, and aren't taking I'll mention that this is in the, the context of 2020, and 2020, we know, is a year where the average workday got an hour longer, according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, and fewer people took vacation days. That being said, I think it's probably a, a bit accurate to, to really think about it in terms of a go-forward as well. And first, let's look in terms of average vacation days that full-time employees get in the U.S., on average, people who have worked with the company for about a year will get 10 to 14 days of vacation time. That's about 34% of people are getting 10 to 14 days. Second most common at 31% was 5 to 9. So between 5 and 14 days, you're getting most people. Yeah, totally what I'm used to hearing, even the notch above. Good on you for negotiating or getting a good package. But yes, they nothing in there sounds out of what I would envision a band to be. Now, most people, I feel like it's pretty common to leave a company at or before the five-year mark these days. So let's look at the five-year mark just to see anybody who is at a company that long. We trend up a little bit with the most common being 15 to 19 days. So it's about a third of people. If you've been with the company for five years or so, you're getting about three weeks to four weeks of vacation. Sure. Now, those are the most common. I do want to look at a couple fun outliers, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily fun. It's a little bit dire as well. 3% of people with under a year in a company will get more than 24 days. 
I couldn't imagine what to do with that amount of time <laughs> at a brand new job, right? But and here's the the really sad flip side to that: two percent of people, and it's only two percent. It's not a big number, but two percent of people with more than twenty years experience get less than five days paid vacation, and that sounds absolutely criminal to me. Yeah, no, I I would have to agree. And if there's any listeners out there who have similar experience and are considering if it's comparable please yeah just consider you you might be able to do a little bit better in terms of uh we'll call it the incentives package right there's there's got to be something else out there i, I would hope gotta be <laughs> right there's gotta be yeah. now before we go too much farther and john you you said you wouldn't even know what you would do with that many days yeah let's put this in a little bit of a global context and keep in mind what european workers get in the european union Workers are legally guaranteed at least 20 paid vacation days a year, with some countries mandating 25 to even 30. And that's according to the Center for Economic and Policy Research. That's a pretty big difference. They're, they're getting a lot more vacation days. Yeah, so I think the, I always think of the story that I hear as far as uh, Americans out of office replies or automatic replies would be, I'm out of office for the next four hours. Please contact my cell phone with any emergencies to whereas the European reply is, I'm on holiday for the next four months. Don't reach out to me ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, how, that's just how I picture it, and I picture right. the culture yeah. working that way. So what you're describing to me, while it sounds foreign to my American sensibilities, it doesn't surprise me in, in the same sense uh, as much as I, I'm envious for sure. Sure. And and that's not even the final nail in the coffin. Oh, boy. So, Lay it on me. Yeah. So we've been talking about how many vacation days we get. How many vacation days do we actually use? That's the other end of this equation. And this is where things really, in my mind, are starting to go south. And if people are listening to this podcast and have any takeaways the entire time, this episode, other episodes, is that this this is something that we need to change. Workers in the U.S. have a median of 12 paid vacation days, but only 44% of us took all or almost all of those days. That's an incredibly low number on an incredibly low number of vacation days. 12 doesn't seem like that many days to have off, and we're not even taking all of those. There was definitely pandemic fatigue that set in to where I told myself I need to get a little bit of time off, recenter and refocus, but I didn't take all my vacation days this year. So I, I Right. It, it almost feels wrong. It did this year more so than it did in the past. But I agree. I think on the whole, it feels that way all the time. And I think we need to break out of that mindset. Right. And, and again, that's a very American mindset. British workers, median 27 vacation days, 75 percent took either all or almost all of them. Huge culture difference. And then when we look at Denmark and Germany following up 30 days and 71 and 70% utilization, respectively. So is there any um, numbers or statistics into how these days were taken? Were they taking them in big lump sums? Were they breaking them apart? Because that's one thing that I've always struggled with because there's always the fear that I'm going to run out even if I, I don't even think I come close to touching all of my vacation dates in a given year. But there is that fear that I'm going to run out. But I have to imagine, logically, you're right. If you have a median of 30 days, you're not going to be as worried, can I take an entire week off? Oh, it's a whole week. No, you have 30 days. 
I don't know if this is a sad fact to share or not, but I've never taken a, a vacation from work that was any more than five business days in the last five, seven years now. If I had 30 business days available to me, what's stopping me from taking a three-week vacation and to which I have an extra three weeks of, God forbid, anything to happen? That's that's how I look at my extra vacation days. That's why I only take a week at a time when I'm guaranteed three weeks over the course of the year. I don't want to call it FOMO, but some you know somewhere along those lines, right? I'm in the same camp. I used to not really take much vacation time. I've been trying to, to get. It sounds so weird to say it, like it's like it's some amazing accomplishment. But I've been trying <laughs> to get better at taking vacation days. Yeah. The company I worked for before I came to our current company, when I left, I had a large number of unused days, and as I left, I got paid for the days I didn't take. I remember thinking, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm almost glad I didn't take these days because now I have this cash. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it wasn't money that I needed. I could have made better use of the time than just this extra money that I got. There's something about me that agrees with that same school of thought there, Brian, that, oh, if I get paid out for that, it's almost as good as taking those days. But it's really not. Isn't the goal when you take vacation time to use it for something that you enjoy or you're creating lasting memories, not to be overly corny or cheesy here, but those memories are probably more valuable than the dollars that you got as a result, right? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about work-life balance, that has to mean our lives are worth more than just the working hours we put in, right? If we don't value our lives, how can we ever have a true sense of balance? Yeah. And I think that's really, you know, at the core, what we're hoping to accomplish here. So since it's statistically likely that you guys are going to leave vacation time on the table, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to start taking those days from you. Let's say you're one of the 66% of American workers who knows they're going to leave vacation days on the table this year. You know you should take them. You've earned them, and they're important to a good work-life balance. But something in your brain has convinced you not to take them. You've built up some kind of reasons to ignore these things that you earned and are owed. Since you're just going to throw them away anyway, John and I are going to take one. You may have some mental blockers here, so here are the three main things that I want everybody to think about before they go into their office and put in a day off. Number one, your company will not collapse without you. That's not to say you aren't important, but your coworkers can and will survive for this one single day. All right? Number two, the fate of your job does not hang in the balance. You're not forcing your career on a negative trajectory. And number three, again, you've earned it. You're not stealing this time. You're stealing time from yourself by not taking it. So go into the office Monday morning, 
Hell, if you have the ability to put in time right now digitally, do it right now. Pause the podcast, we'll wait, and we'll continue talking about what comes next. And while you pause the podcast, Brian and I are going to sit here and think about what we're going to do with all this extra time that we just got. All right, so next, we're going to set some constructive expectations about what we're doing. First, our expectation is you're not working on this day off. We're going to turn our work phone off. We're not checking chat. We're not checking email. We're, we're doing like John said in the, in the European style. We are dead to you for the next eight business hours. All right. <laughs> and if you don't think this is possible, rewind the last 30 seconds of the podcast and listen to how we handle those mental blockers again. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Do it until you've convinced o- yourself. Over and over again. Reach out to anybody who would either fill in for you during this time or who would owe you something on that day off. Set up time to discuss anything they'll need to know about covering your schedule or what to do in your absence or rescheduling any deliverables on that day. So for a lot of people, that was really the hard part, right? Just asking for those days off and communicating internally that we're taking that time off. And John, do you ever feel any apprehension about taking time off? Uh, I want to say 100% of the time, but let's be honest, it's probably 95% of the time. So yes, yes, absolutely. I do. Yeah, I do too. I, I feel like I'm letting people down. Yep. I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something I shouldn't because those mental blockers are, are awake and alive in my mind too. So it, it always feels weird to go in and say, Hey, can I, can I have this time not doing the job you pay me for? Even though I fully recognize that part of my compensation package is these vacation days. And some of us even have it in some type of employment contract. So you're entitled to those days. So go ahead. Go ahead. Well, let me ask you, John. It's your free day off that uh, Brian owns on your behalf. What are you doing? I don't know if we've stipulated what day we're taking, but I'm taking a Friday off. So yeah, I'm actually going to plan to go down. I say down to the shore. Excuse me. Down to the shore. You know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're going to go and we're going to spend some time at the beach. We're fortunate that we have some family that lent us the place that we can do it. So we don't even have to shell out any money to do that. So we're bringing the dog down and we're going to the beach. See, I like the long weekend idea, but something that I've gotten used to doing, I don't know why I do this, but it it makes sense to me. I like taking Thursdays off. And if that sounds weird, my rationale is I have a three-day week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I come back Friday, but it's a Friday, and, and Fridays are, are never too taxing on my psyche. The one thing I would argue, uh, not argue, but the one thing I would say against that is, I have to go back to work on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to each their own, I suppose. Yeah, no, 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 you're not wrong. I, and I completely agree with the logic behind it. You're not wrong. So soon enough, the big day comes. What are we going to do with our time off? And what I want to do is start by resetting our brain a little bit. Know right now that you are not sleeping in. And that's going to be so counterintuitive to so many people. I recognize that it's nice to sleep in. And a lot of times we feel like we need to catch up on some of the sleep that we deprive ourselves the week prior. But sleeping in is not the right place to do it. If you want to catch up on your sleep, go to bed earlier. And this is actually going to tie back to an episode a couple weeks back. So feel free to go back and listen to the uh, the previous episode we talked about this. We want to make sure current state Brian doing what's best for future state Brian. Brian today feels good sleeping in, but it's not going to help Brian in the future if I'm sleeping in and also staying up as late as I slept in this morning. 
But beyond that, the other thing that this really does is it, it helps us set a purposeful tone, right? I know that if I sleep in, when I wake up late, there's a very different sense of what I'm when I'm either going to get accomplished or what I'm not going to get accomplished on the day that I sleep in. Is that fair? I, I completely agree. And we're, we're going to get up and we're going to, you know what, why don't we even wake up at the same time we would get up for work and just go ahead and start the best of our day, but on a completely different foot. I've been noticing lately that I've been waking up around the same time I get up for work on a Saturday, but I just get up and start my day with no trepidation i guess if you will i'm enjoying getting up at that time grabbing a cup of coffee and i'm watching the news or i'm watching uh highlights or things like that of the sports that i missed that's what i'm doing on my day off yeah and with summer and the longer days it's already bright out and it yep. it makes the starter day a bit better although i do have some bad news for you john you are not drinking that cup of coffee unfortunately oh we're not is, no, it, we is that not. part of oh okay okay no this this is we're resetting our brains and the first thing we're going to do after we wake up we are going to and and this is where i go back to are we are are our goals of this podcast lofty enough i'm here to tell you right now on your day off the first thing you're going to do is drink water Okay, that's fair. How's how's that? How's that for advice? I'll allow that. I was just I was praying that you weren't saying we're we're putting on the jogging shoes and getting up and going because you need to at least give me like a couple days, couple weeks notice for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. This is this is a simple one. It's it's pretty basic. Drink water. None of us do that enough. We all should be drinking more water. There's plenty of benefits to it. And on this this self help triage day that we're taking. Wake up same time as we always do, get right out of bed, drink some water, so that we can, now that John already said he was not looking forward to it, put on those running shoes. No! <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, it's what I want to do is get 30 minutes of cardio, and it doesn't have to be running. You know, if, if you run, run. If you bike, do that. Yeah. If you don't have that kind of conditioning even, just go for a walk. Do anything to elevate your heart rate for 30 minutes. Yeah, I, right? I kid, I kid, but sometimes there is... I do get excited for the for the prospect of getting myself active. So you can train your brain to look forward to it. Yeah. And I, I do want to be very clear about something as well. When when I'm saying we're going to go out and take a run or, or any other cardio for 30 minutes, we are not trying to start a workout routine today, right? This is just one day. I, I definitely say that we should all have a good workout routine, but we're not going to build that in one day. And that's not really our goal. Our goal is to really use that cardio exercise to give our brain some space away from overthinking by giving it something to do. I find cardio is a really great way to keep focused on the here and now and be mindful. And yeah, and to your point, Brian, taking the dog for a walk can qualify for this activity, correct? Definitely. So yeah. So in which case, count me in. I'm on board. <laughs> So when we are done with our 30 minutes of cardio, hey, you guessed it, we're going to drink some more water, get another glass of water down. See, these again, this is the, the super strategic mindset of this podcast. You know, save the world tomorrow, drink water today. I'm going to take a sip of the, the water that I have right here as a result. Brian, you have encouraged me to take a sip. Perfect. I am already making a difference in this world, and I am happy about that. One co-host at a time. So once our cardio is done, go outside. Find a quiet spot to honestly just sit and be mindful. We're not going to worry about what we're missing at work right now. 
We're not going to stress out over the project that's due at the end of the month. We are just going to sit and think about our immediate surroundings right now in this moment. We're going to do this for just 10 minutes. And it doesn't seem like much, but for anybody who is used to always being in their mind, always thinking about everything that happened yesterday, everything that's going to happen tomorrow, that's going to be a real challenge for people who are always on the go mentally. That, that sounds like the epitome of mindfulness, right? Correct, yeah. Taking a look, what's going on around us, register how we feel about what's happening, register our five senses. If your mind does wander and you start thinking about other things, stop, clear your mind. Don't feel bad about the fact that you fell out of this mindfulness practice and then go right back to it. Now, by the time we're done with that, depending on how far you traveled to get to this place that you're sitting, we're what, like an hour into our day, right? We have not used that much of our time, but the time we have used... We've used pretty constructively, right? We're an hour in and we're already doing pretty good at resetting our brains, getting out of the work mentality. Let me ask you something, Brian. Uh, being a millennial myself, is there any room for video games or anything like that in this in this day off? Or, or should I count that out? No, definitely. I mean, this this is... <laughs> no, I'm only kidding, but I appreciate no, I mean, it. <laughs> honestly, this is a day off. This is a triage self-care day. And while I do want to be prescriptive with, again, just that one hour in the morning, what is self-help and self-healing to each person is, is going to be personal to them, right? Yeah. And what I can say, I know some things that I would want to do. After I work out in the morning, I always feel more productive for the rest of that day than I would if I just got up in the morning, had coffee, and sat on my couch. Yeah. So one thing that I would probably want to do is some really light cleaning around the house. And I know that sounds boring and not like a lot of fun on a day off, but there's catharsis in cleaning out clutter and clearing away stuff we don't need. And a clean home just feels good, and especially if you're working from home, like I think a lot of us are. When you're working in a messier environment, it, it kind of feels messy in your mind a little bit. Given that we have a lot of spare time to really focus on other things, I think that's a practical use of time that to call back to the other episode, previous John or past John, future John, current state John, whatever you want to call it, they'll appreciate it. Yeah. So go for it. Declutter the mind. But you know, to your point, again, if playing video games is something that chills you out and, and allows you to get your mind in the right space, definitely do that. What are some other things we can do? And, and John, let me ask you, when you're on a day off, are you playing music? Are you practicing your craft at all? So sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. But one thing I, I do like to do, because for me, and I don't know if other artists or songwriters feel this way, sometimes when you're starting to create a song, there's a little bit of a pressure to get it all out while it's still there, get pen to paper. And I don't like to put that pressure on myself. So one activity that I will do that I don't typically do during the week, or even the weekends for that matter, is pick up a book that I haven't picked up in a while. That's an activity that I normally wouldn't do if I wasn't trying to take time to just maybe reset the brain a little bit. So that would be my first thing. And then if I do find myself kind of meandering a little bit, pick up the guitar and see where it leads me from there. Now, one thing that I, I always find is during the work week when I'm at work doing work-related things, my brain cannot stop thinking about what I would love to be doing after hours or on the weekend when I just have the time to do it. But when the weekend gets here, I'm just chilling out and all of those highfalutin plans I had, I'm not doing any it, of them. It's, that is the plight of, of a musician or an artist who has a, a day job. I wish I could channel the energy, the motivation, the focus I have when I'm not supposed to be focusing on that type of stuff. <laughs> I guess it's kind of one of those things. 
my brain totally meanders during the workday of the lofty aspirations I have that I wish I could do. But I don't because we're working. Right. So Right. So let's keep a list at work. Just a quick notepad. Jot down, hey, on my triage vacation day off, here's what I want to get done. Write it down in advance. And as soon as we finish our mindfulness exercise and we're ready to really begin the self-care part of our day, consult that list and commit to doing the things that previous you wanted to do. And something I do want to make sure we're also doing between these smaller activities is start thinking about how things are really going for ourselves. I don't mean the tactical elements of our job or how we can squeeze a little more productivity into it. That's, that's not what today's about. Instead, what I want to really think about is if we're overwhelmed at work, what can we do aside from throwing more work hours at the problem? Maybe we need some support from others on our teams, or we need to distribute some of the workload we have. Two, if we're struggling to get tasks done, let's think, do we have the right skills and strengths to do so, right? If not, what are the things that we can develop to help us get those things done? Or could we pivot our roles in our organizations to better fit? If we're feeling a bit burnt out or like we're just straight up not getting anywhere in our careers, should we start looking for a different job that we feel better about? And most importantly, though, if we feel any of these ways, again, going back to the mindfulness practice, we should not be getting angry or frustrated at ourselves for being in that situation. We need to accept that we are where we are and there are circumstances that led us here. But let's make a commitment to figure out where we go from here so we head in a more positive direction than the path we're on today. The one other thing I would like to call out, piggybacking on point three there, if you're not feeling challenged at work as well, that's maybe a time to consider. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm, I'm stagnant. And that might be a time to consider if I'm making valuable use of my time and my company's time. And it might be time to consider where you're in the organization and where the future you know, kind of best fits for you. Yeah, and that doesn't always necessarily mean leaving the company that we're in, right? Agreed, yep. Sometimes there's other roles in our organizations that might fit us a bit better. You could potentially carve out a role for yourself if there's something you're passionate about. So to that work-life balance point, I know we spent a lot of time talking about our day off, but I mean, shoot, if you want to use some of your time off to consider how you can feel fulfilled in other areas, I, I don't want to advocate thinking about work on our day off here, but... Think about a way to carve out another role to where you can feel fulfilled if you know that's the company for you. Yeah, that's not thinking about work at that point. It's thinking about our lives related to the work that we have. And sure. I, I would think that's fine. Yeah, that's uh, career development is something that's totally valid to spend your time pondering on your day off. That's going to be it for today. I'll close with a reminder to everyone. First thing tomorrow morning, you're all putting in for that vacation day. Non-optional, John and I already stole it and are making you take it. And hopefully everything we talked about today will give your mind the ammunition to say, that's okay to do. Yeah, thanks for letting us take the day. And Brian, thanks for giving us that hour or so of being mindful. I know I'm going to use it to consider what we're going to do next on the pod, right? Planning for the next episode is going to be our, our vacation. That's kind of sad. We're going to be working on our vacation job for this podcast. We enjoy it, though.
Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.